Thanks be to God who gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I read it today, specifically, specifically the uh, uh, reading from Acts of the Apostle of the appearance of, of Jesus to Saul on the road to Damascus, as well as the, the reinstatement of Peter. Um, we could we could preach on both those for about an hour um, each. So hopefully the lunch will keep right. But, but really, this, we, we taught last week how, and some of John's gospel ends last week, and uh, but now, all of a sudden, we have an epilogue, and really, this is, after these things, is how this begins, after these things. And these things are what? These things are the resurrection life. We, we hear, thanks be to God who gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection is defeated death, right? And but but now what? Right. This is in some ways this is a lot like this is a lot like the the coming to salvation, coming to your altar call, being saved. What do you get? What's going to happen to you um, if you die today? Okay. Now you confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Great. Presto, you're going to heaven. Now what? You just sit around and in your easy chair and watch football and wait for you to die, right? Or is there something more? Or is there something about living in this victorious life of resurrection? This is the, uh, really I think the, the question that, that John was looking to address uh, sort of to the, to the next generation of Christians as well in this, in this epilogue of no, there's more. Um, generally speaking, on, on years A and B, we, we have that reading of, of the, the uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus is revealed in the breaking of bread, uh, which is why that's the collect. So today we have Jesus also revealed in the frying of fish. Um, just eating with Jesus, however we eat with Jesus, um, is, is appropriate, um, which is why we have first Sunday lunch and coffee hour and breakfast and all these other things because this is where we encounter God's love and grace with one another in fellowship not just at the Eucharist in the altar but but together it's an important aspect of who we are after these things Peter says I'm going fishing they said all right we'll go with you like what else are we going to do right um and, and Jesus appears after they don't catch any fish. We have another abundance um, aspect in, in John's Gospel, which is the theme throughout John's Gospel of abundance. 153 fish are caught um, after they had caught nothing uh, through the whole night um, and came in and had, had breakfast with Jesus. And after breakfast, we have the reinstatement of Peter, the restoration of Peter. Peter who didn't, in John's gospel, doesn't deny Jesus as much as he denies being a follower of Jesus. Are, aren't you one of his followers? No, I'm not. Haven't we seen you with him? No, nah, it wasn't me. 
right, three times. And now we have these three questions. Um, and, and, and these questions serve, serve um, multiple purposes. One, there's the obvious parallelism of, of three questions of, of, do you love me? But also even the words are, are a little bit different, right? We know those, there's, there's three Greek words for, for love, um, eros, sort of the erotic romantic love, and phileo, which is more the, the sort of deep friendship love, and then agape, which is that unconditional love that we, that we hear about from God to, toward us. And Jesus says to Peter, Simon Peter, son of John, do you agape me? And Peter says, Lord, you know I phileo you. And he says a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Peter says, Lord, you know I phileo you. Third time, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? Peter's hurt. Peter's also hurt because now, oh, do you love me even like this? And you know that I love you. I phileo you, yes. It's this deep reality of that Jesus comes to us, right? He meets us again and again where we are. Brings us along that, that great line, Jesus loves you just as you are, not as you should be. Not that he's content to leave us where we should be, but he comes to us where we are. But he doesn't leave Peter in all of these things, right? In, in everything that, that Jesus says to Peter, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Basically, Jesus here is saying, being my disciple means being me, right? In John 10, who was the good shepherd? I'm the good shepherd. I lay my life down for my sheep. My sheep know my voice. Everybody else, they're looking to break in and steal my sheep. They are not the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Jesus says to Peter, you are the shepherd now. And he says to us, you are the shepherd now. This is what being a disciple means. And, in case you missed it, after this, the third time we have after this, after this, Jesus says, follow me. This is what it is to be a disciple in the resurrection. Life isn't over just because We've met Jesus, and he's defeated death and the grave. Now, we must follow. We must follow in, in such a way where we're feeding, tending, caring for God's people, for God's creation, for the life that is in, in Jesus and to be Jesus to the world. So this is our first sort of story of restoration, of, of, of living in resurrection. And the second is that great passage from, um, from
from Paul, who at that time was Saul, persecuting uh, Christians everywhere, got uh, letters of authority from the chief priest to go to Damascus to take anybody that he found there and bring them back to Jerusalem so they could be killed. And, and on the way, is blinded by Jesus but still sees Jesus, right? Sees, um, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me, right? And, and he can't see, and he's struck blind, and he goes off to Damascus and, and stays there for a few days fasting and praying. And, and meanwhile, Ananias has a vision um, that, that he's to go. And Ananias says, I'm God, just in case you're wondering, this guy's not such a great guy. I've heard some bad stuff about him. And yeah, I know, it's okay. Uh, go ahead, he, he knows. And he will find out how much, suffer, how much he will suffer um, for me. But, but in this restoration, after Paul is still Saul at this point, is, is prayed for and, and his sight is restored after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized and comes in after he proclaims everywhere Jesus is Lord. What happens after the experience of the resurrection is is something else. It's life-changing, it's life-altering, so life-altering that, that Saul changes his name to Paul, right, to become the one who continuously declares resurrection, the promise of resurrection, the hope of resurrection, the joy of resurrection, the victory in resurrection, but not the resurrection is it, because it's not, because now there's more to do. Now there's lambs to feed and sheep to tend to. Now there's God's people to care for. Not just Israel, but the Gentiles and the world, right? Not just one special group, but the whole world that we are called to embrace and care for. So. As we, we come this Sunday of, of after Easter, the third Sunday of Easter, we've, we've shouted hallelujahs for a couple weeks. We get to continue to shout them for a few more after. But right, for us, it's, it's not just that, that day, that moment. It's a life after Easter celebration, now there's the Easter living that we enter into to proclaim and to restore and to heal. For there's a world of people who are blind, who have scales over their eyes. There's a world of people who are hungry. There's a world of people who are not cared for and abused and mistreated. There's a world of people that are waiting for those who've eaten with Jesus, who know Jesus, who follow Jesus, who have said to Jesus, yes, 
I love you. Tend my sheep. Yes, I love you. Feed my lambs. And it's not all going to be going to be perfect. The, the probably the greatest sin of the American church is the sin of once you have Jesus, your life will be just rosy. You'll have all the money you need, and you'll, your family will be great, and your health will be wonderful. And um, right here, Jesus says to Peter, um, you'll be crucified, just so you know. I mean, heads up, but that doesn't mean you can't keep doing it. In fact, it's going to be about 30 years before that happens, but... It's coming. And to Paul, it's sort of the same way. He, he does, he's, he's going to suffer lots. He doesn't know how much suffering he's going to have for my name. We're called to follow Jesus. To live for Jesus. To die for Jesus. To live for one another. And to die for one another. By this, all will know that you're my disciples when you love one another and lay down your life for one another. Let us enter into this, this life of resurrection, this victorious life, following, leading, loving, caring, healing. In the name of Jesus.